Did it feel like you sacrificed for it? I wouldn't say I felt like I sacrificed. Did I sacrifice by the definition of it? Yes. But it was to me what was needed to get to that point. So if I didn't do what I did and I didn't come home with a gold medal, I would feel like I cheated myself out of something because I didn't do everything in my power to be the best I could be. So looking back at it that way, like it wasn't a sacrifice. It was what was needed to be done to get the job done. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Anna is down to earth for anyone, let alone a gold medalist and CrossFit champion. Watch her videos to see the contrast between what she does, her abilities, and how she doesn't have to be humble. We start talking burpees early, which for anyone who knows me knows why I would love. She talks about the value of coaching, the intimacy and vulnerability in it. I hear that she wants people to develop for themselves what she's developed for herself, community being a big part of it. Number one in the world on something highly competitive means reaching your potential. If you're interested in reaching your potential, putting people like Anna in your peer group, not just abstract heroes, I think helps you reach your final goal. If the environment matters to you, your goal is likely far off with no guarantee that we're going to reach it. Anna shares how she made it through such situations on a global level. As an aside, I can't help sharing. Some guests inspire me, usually on the second conversation when I hear their environmental activity. Anna inspired me before we even spoke. Researching her, I saw that at the 2018 CrossFit Games, the athletes, not in her division, they had to do on a rowing machine, they had to row a marathon. That means 26.2 miles rowing. They all looked happy to do it, so I decided to try it. Never having rowed more than, I think, about 7,500 meters at a time, I first rode a half marathon at the beginning of February. Then a few weeks later, at the end of February, I rode a full marathon. It felt tremendous. And that's what happens when you put gold medalists in your world. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Josh Spodak. I'm here with Anna Tobias. Anna, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. And, you know, actually, I don't know if you know this. We were in the same room at the same time when I was out at Oak Cliff and Don... Riley, who was a guest on the podcast and, and introduced us, she was pointing out different people in the room and she was, she was like all these like Olympic people and so forth. And I was like, wow. And I should have gone up and said hi then. So I apologize for not having met in person when we could have, but glad to talk to you now. Yeah. I'm glad we get to catch up. And as I just mentioned before recording, I've been watching your videos. And so let's see, you've won an Olympic gold medal. You've won the CrossFit Games. You came number one. And in the masters, yeah. So that's um, thirty-five to thirty-nine, something like that. Yep. And this is really amazing stuff. Uh, well, thank you. I've been watching your videos, and I see that you do a lot of this. Is, this is, I'll, I'll put links to it for people to watch. And what I see is like you'll do something like a set of exercises that any one of these exercises would be very challenging, like a clean and jerk or climbing up a rope, and then. 
you do as many as you can in a short period of time. And then you do it with a whole bunch of other things in a kind of circuit. And you do what most people would consider hard, a lot of it, and then a whole bunch of those things together. It seems like a lot. It's really, um, I mean, to me, inspiring because I look at something that I think, oh, that would be so hard to do. But then I think, well, she's doing it. She's obviously doing it. And that means I can do it too. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I do CrossFit. I coach CrossFit. I own a CrossFit gym with my husband, C2 CrossFit in Bridgeville. And the great thing about it is that it is infinitely scalable and anybody can do it. Yeah, it seems very accessible. I mean, I guess maybe someone isn't going to have a rope that they can get access to. I guess there are a lot of CrossFit gyms around, but generally you can, it's all things that are functional, things that anyone you can replace one thing with another. Like if you don't have a bench, I guess, like I use kettlebells. I don't have a bench in my apartment. And it always seems like there's things that it's difficult for someone to say, I like, maybe they can say, I can't lift that much, but not that I can't try and eventually get there. It seems like there's a strong community of that as well. There is. And I think the whole, the whole idea behind this around CrossFit is a healthy lifestyle and functional fitness. Some of us take it to the extreme and we compete, but that's not what it's really all about. It is about creating a healthier lifestyle so that, you know, when you are outside of the gym for the other 23 hours of the day, that you're going to be healthy. You know how you're going to move your body. You know how to lift something. And, and it helps you create strong muscles and develop strong muscles and joints so that when we are older in life, that we can still get up out of a chair without assistance. We can still pick stuff up. We can still move. If we fall over, we can still get up on our by ourselves. You know, if you think about what a burpee is, basically you're peeling yourself off the floor and standing up, you know? So if we can get strong and we can do a burpee, you know, and if we're 70, 80, 90 years old and we can still do a burpee, if we fall, you know, we're going to be able to get up out of that. You know, the way that you describe it, it's not, you're describing physical capabilities, but it's hard not to also, it sounds like it's also mental capabilities as well. Like to say you can get up is, is it's a very enabling, empowering statement. Absolutely. It definitely builds your confidence and it pushes you to new physical levels that then, you know, pushes you to new mental levels. Your mind will give up, you know, hundreds of times before your body actually gives up. And so every time you do a workout, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit for like seven years now, I think. And it's definitely not any easier now than it was on day one of doing it you just get better and you get more comfortable with the physical pain. So you push harder, you know, and so mentally you, you get stronger with being able to push yourself to new limits on a daily basis. I guess the flip side is also true that as far as you go, it's always challenging, but also, it also means that as early as you start, there's always an access point, no matter where you are, like no matter how out of shape you are, no matter how you, I don't know the timeline. Uh, Did you do CrossFit before you still sail? Yes, I still fail. I found CrossFit at the end of 2011 and used it as my new fitness training leading into the 2020, 2012 Olympics. Sorry, And then after that, retired from sailing for a few years and focused on just competing in CrossFit. So you, you came to it already being a world-class athlete, but you could have come into it being a couch potato and there would still be an access point. Absolutely. Like I said, it's infinitely scalable, whether we scale the movement, the rep count, the workout time, you know, even if it's you just coming in, warming up, meeting the community, getting comfortable and rowing for 10 minutes. You know, if, if you've done absolutely nothing and you just come in and, you know, you just move, that's, you know, it, it 
the starting point and it gets you going, you know. And that's what's, what's so awesome about this is the community that's behind it. The hardest part of CrossFit is walking through the door. Once you're in, you'll be so surprised at the community that's there. They're so welcoming. And you just feel all of a sudden part of something that you want to go back to on a daily basis. You know, that makes me think of something that was a major discovery for me in my life. And I haven't, obviously I haven't gotten to the level you have, but I used to think people in the gym were all muscular and I wasn't. And so I felt I, if I went to the gym, I'd feel intimidated. And I felt like people would look down on me and make fun of me. And then as I would go to the gym more, eventually, I realized it was exactly the opposite. If when a beginner comes in, if they don't know what they're doing, everyone wants to help. I mean, they might go out of their way, but generally people are just going to mind their own business. But if asked, they're like, yeah, here's how you do it. Here's the form that I use, or here's how to prevent an injury or something like that. And it's the exact opposite of the end. I realized that the intimidation that I felt was actually my own internal thing that the resolution was not to keep away, but actually to go. And that community was such a big part of it. Absolutely. And you said there is no, it doesn't matter what weight you're doing. It doesn't matter what movement you're doing. You're just part of the community and you're part of like what's happening. And everybody together is creating a healthier lifestyle for themselves and for everybody else. And that's, that's what's most important about it. I want to go back a bit now that I've mentioned the Olympics. Can I ask you a few Olympics questions? Sure. I woke up before my alarm this morning. I was like, oh, I got to ask her these things, but I'm sure she gets asked all the time. So I apologize if, you, if, if I'm asking things you've already been asked. But I mean, there's a couple of things like, what does it feel like when they put the medal on? Or what does it feel like when they play the national anthem? Or what does it feel like when you cross the finish line and you realize like, this is, that was the last one. you like, you've gotten there. <laughs> and how often do you wear the medal? <laughs> I wear it around daily. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't put the medal on that often. Only if I'm doing a, a speaking engagement or I'm showing it to somebody and taking a picture. No, to be honest, the, it was amazing. It, it, it was a dream of mine since I was 12, 13 years old to win a gold medal at the Olympics. And I'll be honest, when we crossed the finish line and I, I was on the podium and I got the medal around my neck, it was excitement, honor, relief in a way like we did it and it's over like thank god and then when they played the national anthem it was just a super super proud moment you know you you work so hard yeah you you work so hard to represent your country and you come in with this one goal to bring home the gold medal for the usa and then being there and hearing the national anthem it's just um you know i I think it's a really proud moment for you as as an athlete being on top of the podium there Oh man, it's, I'm just trying to imagine it's, I, I, I've had some really great moments in my life and I, I, like we've won tournaments and things like that, but it's, I just love hearing it. And do you get asked all the time or is it a common thing you've answered? Um, yeah, I've been asked a few times and I think the funniest, <laughs> the funniest part is not funny, but like the biggest surprise to people is that you just feel this sense of relief, you know, like you have all this excitement and happiness, but then at the same time you have this massive amount of relief <laughs> that it happens. Um, and I don't think people like expect to hear that as one of the emotions that you have, but it's there. It, well, I feel like a lot of people look at what people who work really hard at something, whether it's an athlete or an artist or lots of different areas where you, where it looks to the outside, like sacrifice. I mean, obviously to train, you were not going out to parties all the time. You weren't doing what a lot of people would consider fun in the moment, but I would bet that even if you hadn't won gold, you would still look back 
And did it feel like you sacrificed for it? I wouldn't say I felt like I sacrificed. Did I sacrifice by the definition of it? Yes. But, you know, it was to me what was needed to get to that point. So if I didn't do what I did and I didn't come home with a gold medal, I would feel like I cheated myself out of something because I didn't do everything in my power to be the best I could be. So looking back at it that way, like it wasn't a sacrifice. It was what was needed to be done to get the job done, if that makes sense. It sounds like an internal, I mean, there is the external part, but there's also something internal that independent of the results, independent of the outside world of you, you're challenging yourself, but it sounds like finding out who you are, what your potential is and and reaching that. And if you achieve that, then, well, now it almost sounds like a cliche, but if you, if you achieve your maximum, your potential, that's the reward in and of itself. Yes. You know, I think I was on both sides of the Olympics. I won the gold medal. The next time we went in as the gold medal favorite and didn't come away with a medal. We finished fifth, got eliminated from the quarterfinals. And would I have changed anything that we did in the Olympics, London Olympics? We thought we did the best plan that we could. Um, we gave it everything we had. We won, you know, so much leading into the Olympics. And we weren't by any means cocky, confident, everything, anything like that. We were, I, I think we were still a very humble team. It just, didn't work out, you know, something we did a move wrong and, you know, it cost us the race and we were eliminated, you know, so, and it's heartbreaking that that didn't happen, that we didn't come away with the medal there, but we gave it everything we could. And we, I wouldn't have changed much of anything of what we did going into that Olympics either, you know? So even like you said, yes, like it's, it's all about like knowing that you gave everything you had to that moment. And, Hopefully you come away with the goal and sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes you don't come away with the goal, but I have no regrets because we gave everything we had for that moment too. Yeah. As you say that, I'm, I'm thinking of some of the videos where you finish your exercises and the exhaustion that you, like you collapse to the ground. Like there's a couple where you can't lift that last weight and there's a couple where you, where you finish everything and that feeling of exhaustion is... It, it reminds me of the um, Vince Lombardi, uh, his quote on on victory or on winning when he says there's no greater feeling than when you lay down on the field of a battle or something like that. Uh, that feeling of exhaustion is, is, I think, tremendous. And it feels like that's kind of what you're describing on a different scale. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, I think once you found that voice physically, you can relate it to like the mental side of it too. And absolutely, it's, it's the same thing. You know, as we're speaking, at the same time, we're talking about athletics, but, you know, the environment is a big thing for me. And it's a leadership in the environment podcast. I'm thinking a lot of what you're saying of like the effort that you put in is worth it for it being your potential, for it being what you care about. And I'm also translating it into people. A lot of people are like, oh, it's too hard or what I do doesn't matter. And they ask, like, why bother? Like what you do doesn't matter. And I think to myself, but it's what matters to me. And that reward is much greater if I decline some packaged food in favor of having to cook for myself. I fear I've, I've like jumped scale to something too minor, but actually not. It's it's not. You know, you, you there's only so many things in your life that are in your control. And if you don't control what you have control of to make it the best possible path for you, then in a sense, you're not giving everything you have for that goal. You know, so if it's, you know, for me in, in fitness and sports, if I 
half-ass the workout. You know, I'm cheating myself out of something that could have been better because now I'm not going to get the chance to redo it. I've used all my energy for the day, but I didn't use it to its fullest potential. So therefore, you know, I'm not getting the most out of that workout that I could have. Or same with food. Like you said, like I could go out and eat something that's processed or I could cook my own clean food. You know, what's going to make me recover better? What's going to help me get that one small step forward and and closer to that goal? And so, you know, it, it is as simple as, making your own food, you know, drinking a water instead of a soda. Like it's the little things like that, that add up over time. Um, It's easy to do the big goals. It's really hard to do the little ones. Now, when you say it, it makes so much sense. And that's how I feel. And it's hard to communicate. Like a lot of times people will say, well, Josh, you're so extreme on this. I just want to be more moderate. You know, I want to take a, I want to be more balanced. To me, it's like living to my potential. I don't want to balance like living partly to my potential. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think you have to, you do have to keep basically what you want as in check, right? So if you're, and again, I'll take it back to CrossFit or sailing. If you're fully committed to the goal of being the best, you can be, whether you're competing at the CrossFit Games, the Olympics, or you just want to be the best you fitness-wise you can be, then yeah, you might have to, you know, not have those cheat meals, not have, you know, alcohol on the weekends or whenever you might have to skip that candy bar that you want but if you're like you know what I work out for a healthy lifestyle I do like to go out with my friends once a week then okay like keep that in moderation as long as it's not going to be like four or five times a week you know but that once a week okay like that you've got you've got to keep like the fun side of life in balance as well I think and so I think a lot of it comes back to what your ultimate goals are But if you're really committed to one goal and that's what you want, then as much fun as something could be, you have to weigh the pros and cons of how it's going to affect your ultimate goal, whether it be on a big level or a super small level. Because like I said, I think everything in some way helps you get towards your, your final goal. And it's just a matter of weighing the pros and cons and how important that final goal is to you and how much you're committed to it and whether or what choice you're going to make on your little goal. So when you talk about goals, sometimes when a goal is really far off and you're not really sure, like you, you can't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is a question. It's interpreted either way of, of, of sports or environment. Like a lot of people, when the competition is years away and the exercise that you're doing now, it's so much easier to sit on the couch. How do you connect? Is there a matter of connecting? Like what I do now might not make a difference. You know, if I do this, but no one else does and what matter does it? What, what does it matter what I do? But yet you do. How do you make that connection? Or how do you motivate yourself when it's far off and it would be easier to just sit on the couch or something like that? Um, so I have like, a, I, I call it the four Ds. And it's a talk and a, kind of a belief that I have. And it, it basically covers that, you know, it, it, you have this dream and what's going to take you to get there. You need the desire, the dedication, and the discipline to get you to that dream. And, and my big example is to think of it as like, think of a river and you're on one side of the river. On the other side of the river is your dream. And how are you going to get across there? Well, the river's running rapidly, but there's these stepping stones along the way. Some of them are slippery, some of them are solid, some of them are a little wobbly, you know? And these stepping stones are what you need to get yourself to that dream. And those are the smaller goals. And, and you can see yourself crossing this river, getting closer and closer to that dream. And some of them are hard, and those would be like the slippery or wobbly ones. Some of them are easier to 
protein. And those are like the dry, sturdy ones. And I think to me, like I look at it as, okay, well, I have all these goals and some of them are hard, but these are all that I need on that journey to get to that dream and that final destination. And and that's, you know, that's how you check it off. You, you, You cross each step, stepping stone and make your way across that river to that final dream. Oh my God, no wonder you have a gym. Your clients must love you as a coach. That's like, I want to cross the river. That must've been honed through practice because it really, how did you develop that? Was that through coaching people or through coaching yourself or did someone coach you that way? No, I think it was just through experience. And, you know, when I, when trying to like put all my thoughts together, yeah, I had a little bit of help in like organizing it, but the river and the dream thing, that's, that's always been mine. It's always been my way to like, look at how to get somewhere and how to like visualize getting somewhere because you write stuff on paper, you can, you know, but actually seeing something that like you can kind of visualize yourself doing in like a, a way that's not necessarily related exactly to what you're doing, but you can see the progress along that journey. Um, I don't know, that's kind of just always the way I've looked at it. Yeah, the way, the way you said it made me, it reminded me a couple months ago, I was visiting someone's, a friend of mine's gym and he has, um, we were doing what do you call it? Contrast therapy, three minutes in a, in an ice bath and then go into a sauna and cycle through that. And I take cold showers regularly, but, and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to do this. This is going to be a really great experience. And then you're standing by the, the ice bath and things change. Cause it, like some part of my brain is like, I'm going to do this. And a lot of my brain is like, no, you're not. I mean, it looks really, it looks really hard. And then he just went into this mode of like, all right, let's go five, four, three, two, one. And it was like, I knew I wanted to do it, but that, you know, I, I don't know how long I would have stand there had he not said that. And then as soon as I got in, he starts, he starts walking me through like how to get through it. And the first time I, I, I made maybe 90 seconds, maybe two minutes, but the next time I made three minutes and the next time I made three minutes, like with calm breath, because he was there speaking in a way, just like you were speaking, not the words the same, but what you said reminded me of that. And I, I can't believe what I was, what I did. Like, it was really an amazing accomplishment. And it was words like the coaching, as you were saying, made it possible and it felt great afterward. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, like I said, the mind, right? Like the body can do amazing things. It's just training the mind to do it as well. And I think that comes through physical endeavors. I mean, for whatever that means for each person, like, I think it's, it's, in my experience, there's a lot of people out there and they say, you know, they want to do something environmentally, but they want to raise their awareness or they want to be more conscious or something like that. But I think that if you just try mentally to do it without some physical component, without acting, I think you just go in circles for a long time and that you have to challenge yourself. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge challenge. Is that your experience too? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can learn from everything in life, physical Physical moments are like the easiest way to learn and, you know, physical interactions and physical exertions. Do you have those times too where it's just mentally tough as well and, and you've got to learn? I don't know. I just, I'm a big believer in learning from everything that happens and trying to take something positive out of it and, and make yourself better because of it, whether it was a good experience or a bad experience. So what, I'll ask this question, if you don't have to answer it, but it, like, so what's it like when you see someone who's just not trying when like they give up too early or they, or when you're, when you're sailing and you see trash in the middle of the ocean and you know that someone just, I don't know if you've had that experience, but like a lot of the, I haven't been offshore, but I hear people talking about 
seem, I mean, not even like the great Pacific gyre. They're just offshore and there's just like some, I don't know, some Coke bottle in the water. Yeah. Makes me sad that people have no, no respect for the environment when they just toss trash in the water like that. That makes me angry. And, you know, we, we, although it's not very dry or good at storing stuff, but we do try and if we sail past a water bottle or something, we do try and pick it up and pull it out just to help, you know, you never know, you could help one fish or something like that. As far as people trying, again, it goes back to their goals. Like, so for me in my gym, I try and know all my members and I try and know all their goals. You know, some people want to be pushed to that extreme level of like absolute failure in the workout because they're going so hard. Some people are there for a good time for the community and just to stay healthy, you know, and it's not necessarily that they're not trying. It's just a different level, you know, that they want to be pushed to and they want to push themselves to, and you know, they're happy with it. And so I'll encourage them to get to that level. If somebody's not trying, you know, I'll, I'll try and boost their confidence a little bit and, you know, get them to push just a little bit harder. Maybe afterwards have a little chat. Like, hey, how's it going? What's wrong? And try and uplift them a little bit, get them back on track. But, and, and if it's somebody that quits, in my opinion, too soon, maybe it's just something, you know, them. Like, I'm not going to judge them because of it. It's something made them do that, you know, on their part. So there's a reason for it. And hopefully they'll learn from it. Yeah, I guess the best you can do is just keep enjoying life and hope that they'll come back if it's a joy that is available to them as well. Yeah. And it sounds all very like happy-go-lucky, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's, not, it's not really that. It's just, you know, I want people to be happy and enjoying what they do and, you know, getting the most out of what they do and being the best they can be. And any way that I can help somebody do that is what I want to do. And everybody... Every human is different. So it's all about, for me, coaching is about reading what they want and what they need Um, because you can't coach everybody the same way. And, you know, sailing with team, teammates, you know, it's the way I do one thing is not necessarily the way my teammate does things. And I'm not going to judge or get angry or whatever. We'll just figure out a way that we both can get done what we need to get done and deal with the game mentally the best way we can each in our own way, but hopefully it all winds up. If that makes sense. You know, like everybody's different. So it's all about finding what makes that person tick. How about coaching that you've gotten? You own your gym with your husband and he's your, is he like a coach, a partner? Uh, he is my coach. Yep. But I guess you got coaching along before then. How's coaching been for you? How have you gotten great coaches? I've been very fortunate with my coaches. Yes. I've definitely had different styles of coaching, you know, in the gym. I need pushing. I need yelling at. I need that, like, why are you resting? Why are you not moving? Sort of motivation. When I'm sailing, if I really am not on, I need that stern, like, hey, let's let's get it together and sort it out, you know. And and I, I think the coaching for sports is slightly different. Sailing is a lot of there's a lot that goes into it, both boat speed, mental, physical. You know, I think I get really good mental training when I'm in the gym um, with Brad because not only he pushes me physically, but he pushes me mentally too. And, and there's times where you look at us and you're like, wow, how are you guys married? <laughs> um, but, you know, we have it, we've had this rule ever from the beginning when we first met as friends that like what happens in the gym stays in the gym, you know? So if he pushes me to that point where 
you know, I'm on the verge of breaking and, you know, almost crying or am crying. That's fine. You know, like that's what I need at that point. When we leave the gym, we have five minutes to sulk and then that's it. It's done on the water. You know, I think mentally I'm much tougher because of what I go through in the gym. So, um, on the water, I'm looking for that. I, I would say my coaches are very good at keeping me calm and talking about like what we're seeing in the racing and, you know, how to, how we could have improved a race or something like that. Not necessarily that tough mental military toughness, mental toughness that you, I get in the gym, I guess. I'm just getting more and more inspired. And, and you know, I'm also curious, what role models have you had? Are, are there people you look up to and you, in whose footsteps you're following? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. I definitely look up to my, my parents. They're, like, I, I love seeing like what they've done, how they've grown, how much they've supported me. Um, never pushed me to do anything, but supported and believed in me. As far as sailors, I uh, looked up to Robert Scheidt, um, especially when I was sailing the laser. At the time, I thought he was a legend, and obviously he is a legend. Um, just phenomenal athlete, sailor. And then, like, even my peers, like, I, when I was at university, one of the seniors on the team, Sally Barco, I, I, I looked up to her. I was a freshman, and, you know, she was crushing everything, and I was like, wow, I want to be like, I want to be like Sally one day. You know, and, and last uh, London Olympics, we duped it out, her and I, for the the one spot for the U.S the match racing you know and so in a way like it was cool to you know be battling somebody that you've looked up to for such a while so yeah I mean I've had the role models and I think my role models are obviously people who win but people who have like that incredible drive to just want to be better all the time feeling inspired do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. Do you mind if I switch a bit to talk more about the environment? Sure. So when you think about the environment, yeah, if you're picking up stuff that you don't have to when you're sailing, there's something there motivating you. What does the environment mean to you? <laughs> uh, it's, the world is our playground. And if we ruin our playground, then we're not going to have anything to play in. You know, I think I live where I live. I live out in the country. I, I live, we own 34 acres where we live, you know, and so we're very much in the wildlife when we're out there. And I can't imagine like ruining it for all the animals that live on our land. You know, us being there in a way is, you know, we're kind of trying to coexist with them um when we're on the water like we're in the we're in someone else's habitat and so i just think it's disrespectful if we ruin or trash you know something that's not ours you know you wouldn't walk into a playground as a kid and just start ripping stuff apart and you know leaving stuff all over the place at least i hope you wouldn't um and you know i kind of think of it as the same thing like this is our playground why would we ruin it so it sounds like it's a mix of, of this playground that is, it's, that to me says fun and playful and childlike and joy. And, but there's also, and maybe if we lived in a different time, that's all it would be, but we don't live in a different time. And now there's, 
it is being ruined in places. And so it's a mix of this fun and playful with the responsibility of not letting this keep happening what keeps happening. Right. I agree. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough battle, but it's got to be each and every one of us has to make that choice to just make the world a better place by cleaning up and not and being more responsible, you know, and doing what you can to make the world better. Well, actually, so one of the things I do on this podcast is I ask guests at their option, based on their values, what what the environment means to them. And it's different for everyone. And everyone listening, you know, they're going to have a different, you know, probably some of what you said will resonate with them and some of it won't. And But some of what they is important for them is going to be something that's unique to them. But I always ask, I invite you at your option to do something to act on that value that you're not already doing. And it's not you know, not to say, it's not this, not like you have to save all the world by yourself. It's just to do something, to consider doing something you weren't already doing to act on that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be big, but something, most people have something that there's like, they've been thinking of, or we can go back and forth a little bit to think of something, but would you be game for giving that a shot? Sure. So is there anything that you have in mind? I mean, a lot of people have like, there's something that they've been thinking of and they're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to do X, you know, this will be my chance to do it. Although sometimes people, we go back and forth a little bit to think of something. Hmm. Let's go back and forth a little bit. Think okay. of something. Yeah. That's actually, I, I like that process because that way I, part of why I do this is so that listeners at home can feel, don't have to feel like if I act and no one else does, then what I do doesn't matter because I'll get to hear people are doing these things. So I don't know, it, you talked about, when I heard you talk about the land and if it gets ruined for animals, like there's so, something to me about protecting, not polluting or something like that. Sometimes people have things like about avoiding packaging or about diet related things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, um, I don't know, throw ideas. Uh, let's see. I'll give a couple examples. Dawn, for example, she, well, I was out there and she was packing sandwiches to go out to, to deliver to people out on the water. And she was like, I can't figure out what to do about the saran wrap or whatever the plastic wrap. And she like, she's like, I'm going to figure out how not to use this plastic wrap to wrap sandwiches. And she figured out a way to do it. One guy, every time he would get coffee, they'd give him a disposable cup. And he's like, all right, I'm going to bring a mug with me. I'm not going to use a disposable cup for a month. And he's kept that up ever since, although he only said for a month. This one woman recently, she just said that she's not going to buy any clothes for 2019. She's like, I got plenty of clothes. And actually, I spoke to her. We're now six weeks into that. It was starting in December. I asked her, like, how's it going? Have you not bought clothes? And she's like, actually, I'm doing more. I'm getting rid of clothes. I'm giving them to friends and stuff. She's had clothes from when she was different weights. And she's like, I'm not going to gain or lose weight. I'm going to stay where I am. I don't know why I have these clothes. I've had them for years. And so she's like, even to her sisters and whatever. Some people do things like driving less. Just yesterday, I was talking to John Lee Dumas. He's um, another podcaster. And he lives by the beach. And he would pick up every once a month for the 2018, he would go to the beach with a bag and pick up the garbage that he found. And that ended up growing and blossoming as relatives visited him. He would take them out. And I don't know. These are a couple things. Yeah. So one of the things I have been trying to do is that you drink a lot of tea. And so I'm trying to... Cut back on the number of, like, if I go to Starbucks, like, use more of my own mug 
or reuse mugs or make my own tea versus going to get tea all the time and getting new cups every time. So I'd say that is one thing I have really been trying to work on lately and I can definitely do a better job at it. It's not getting as many mugs, if any, and always taking my own. So there was something kind of sitting there, like kind of on the back of your mind, like, like you'd get the plastic cup and you'd be like, ah, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like I said, that is something I have been trying to work on. So I will keep trying to work on it and get better and better at it. Say we made a smart goal out of it. Smart meaning specific, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-based. Usually the time is the, is the, the main thing. It's like, how long would it take for, if you did it for a certain amount of time, to get a feel for if this is clicking or not? <laughs> um, I'd say probably if I did it for a month, it would probably, it'd probably work. Would you be game to talk again in a month and share how the experience went? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. I don't want to like corral you in. We, we can like delete this part and not, not have people here if it's something you don't want to do. If... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying. I really am trying to do it. There will be times where I just don't have an option and it happens. But most of the time I really work on if I do go get a refill and I already got one cup, I'll have them reuse that cup so I don't get other cups. Or if I have my own mug with me, I'll have them fill that up instead. So, but I'm definitely trying to make it more so that there's less of the mugs used. Okay. I'll be curious to, to hear how it works out because it sounds like there's something tells me that when you take on something, you find ways to make things work. I'm really curious how, how, how it's going to work out. Okay. And now, I'm going to kind of wrap up. I usually wrap up with the question of, uh, is there anything I didn't think to ask that's that's worth bringing up or that, that I should have asked or that you want to share? No, I think you nailed a lot of things. Oh, cool. And is there anything that you'd want to say directly to the audience? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Anna Tobias, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Great chatting with you. Great leaders do things step-by-step, in the moment. I can't tell you how many people, hearing my strategy for environmental leadership, ask things like, but what about the government? But what about big corporations? Or how are you going to motivate billions of people? All these hurdles. Can you imagine asking an athlete in training, but what will you do if the competitor's ahead of you? But what if the fans make too much noise? Great leaders, as far as I can tell, act in the moment. They don't need to answer everything all the time. They know what to do, and they do what they need to in the moment, and they give their best all the time. That's one of my big takeaways from Anna. I don't know how I'll solve future problems, but I believe that what I'm doing is critically important. We can't finish without it, and I'm moving as fast as possible. And I expect that that preparation is the best preparation I can do to answer those questions when they need to be answered and to prepare for them as well. I'll let the doubters keep doubting and follow people like Anna. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating Others should act first or making excuses to the empowering, I can make a difference. And living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. 
There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.